What is up, guys? Welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm your host, Herman Lin. This is the show that helps make fitness and nutrition way simpler and more realistic so that you can improve your physical health without sacrificing your mental health. If you're new to the show and you enjoy it, hit subscribe after the episode so that you know when future episodes come out. Also, if you are looking to take your fitness to the next level, I offer one-on-one strength and nutrition coaching that is designed to help you build muscle, burn fat, and improve your overall relationship with fitness and nutrition. Just go to wiseandwellcoaching.com to learn more. Or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at wiseandwellcoaching. I will always respond to you. All right, guys, on to the episode. Welcome to the, uh, this is the, the second coach's corner that we're doing together, right? Heck yeah, yes, it is. So we got a we got a packed one today with with a lot of valuable information. Um, so before we before we jump in, I want to just ask you, how's your cut going? Yeah, my uh, my cut is going good. Um, honestly, not too much to update. I feel like if anyone was following me last September when I did a mini cut, I definitely went more aggressive with my calories. And this, I would also say this is like, I don't plan on being in a cut long-term where I'm at right now either, but I'm definitely not going aggressive. So I'm, I don't plan on going aggressive. Um, don't really know if that's something that's worth it to me right now, but, um, it's going good. Honestly, I, I feel good. You're feeling hungry. Um, a little bit sometimes. But yeah. nothing, nothing extreme, like just normal cut hunger where it's like, yeah, nothing, nothing extreme. I feel like I, I, I honestly, and we'll talk about this in the episode today. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at managing my hunger for the most part mm. in a cut. Like I've really nailed that part down. So I know, um, how to manage my hunger and like what to eat to help with that. Now, still besides me doing all the things to help with that, there still is a little bit of hunger involved. Um, and it also helps that because I'm not cutting as extreme and I do have a little bit more calories, like it, it's, it's feeling a little bit easier, which, which is also nice, but honestly, I feel, I feel fine. I feel good. Good. Well, that's a, that's a great place to be when you're cutting then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's only been like a week and a half, so I'm also barely into it. So not, not, not like, I feel like near the end of a cut is usually when you're like, I'm so over this and I'm done. Um, I feel like I'm still at the beginning stages where like the water weight is coming off and like you kind of see the scale go a little bit quicker where I feel like once you hit like week three, week four, sometimes it like starts to, I don't know. Some, that's kind of how it is for me. Like the first week or so, like the water weight comes off and then from there it's kind of very slow and steady, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, honestly. Did you change anything significant or are you just eating smaller portions of your same meals? Like, is there anything that you're like, I need to not have this in the house? No, I, I honestly, everything's the same. Like I, I just have smaller portions. I think the biggest thing that changes is usually with my meals, like I'll have a pre-workout snack, I'll have breakfast, lunch, and then I'll usually have another snack, dinner, and then like my dessert. And the main differences that I make is like, I, I, when I go into a cut, um, my meals stay similar, but I don't have that second snack in between lunch and dinner. Mm. Um, and that's, and that works for me. And sometimes I'll just push dinner up a little bit earlier. Yeah. I still got my dessert. I always make sure I still got my dessert. I love that. I, I, I think anytime that I've done any kind of bulking or cutting, like I, I feel like that idea of looking at your snacks as an adding a snack 
you know, like, like for bulking, like I, I just added a snack post dinner. Cause I know I don't usually eat one then. And totally. then the same thing, like for, for a cut, I would just look and say like, where do I usually snack a little bit during the day and just take out those two or 300 calories so that you know where it's coming from, you know, totally. versus you can, I think you can do like the reduced added portions too, for sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's like, okay, maybe I, I taste a little bit less of my food while I'm cooking it and things like that too. Um, but it's, it's just a lot easier. I feel like than than trying to switch everything up at the same time. Totally. Totally. How's your, how's your bulk going? It's good. I mean, you know, we, we just talked about this before we jumped on, but I feel like it's like, I don't talk about it because I just am, am not taking it that seriously. Like it was just kind of like a, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to just try to kind of, I said the words that, you know, like lean gain for a little bit. And basically I was just like, I'm just not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to eat a little bit more. And, you know, maybe there's some nights where I eat where I'm not that hungry and I'll just like get some more protein in. Um, and I just wanted to kind of see what happens, you know, like with my body, yeah. with my, with my lifts, with everything. Um, and so over the last four months, I think, um, you know, I've gained six, seven pounds. Um, so I started at 193 yesterday. I stepped on, I'm about 200. Um, you know, might be give, give or take a couple pounds here and there. I've kind of been like around this 198, 199, yeah. um, for the last like two or three weeks. So it's, it's hard to tell if it's still going or if I need to increase more, but you know, there's, there's so much, I think this is why I've been like on this train, um, in, on social media of just talking about eating more, um, and, and, and going towards building muscle because it's, it's just giving me such a different perspective. You know, like yeah. I think, I think before it was in most of my life, like I was so afraid of, of gaining weight that I did so many things like on defense of trying to not eat too much, you know, yeah. trying to, trying to make sure that the scale doesn't go up. And it's kind of crazy when you're like, all right, I, I trust in myself that I know what I'm doing, that look, I'm strength training, I'm eating tons of protein and I'm not doing anything crazy. Like I'm adding a few hundred calories every day. If, if anything, you know, that if the scale goes up, it's very likely muscle. And yeah. I think having that confidence, it's just been kind of cool. Like now I step on it and I'm like, Oh sweet. This, it's up a little bit. And I can, I can tell in my workouts, like I have so much more energy in yeah, my lifts, which is fantastic. Um, and I can just, I can just see it, you know, like I, I can look in the mirror and get excited because I don't see that much more fat, you know, like sometimes yeah. I feel like maybe I'm, it's like, if anything, like, I feel like a little bit more bloated sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I probably, I probably actually ate something like eating protein later in the day, you know, it was like a recipe for being like, oh man, I, I feel a little bit heavy right now. Um, mm -hmm. But outside of that, it's, you know, I, I feel like it's, I, I like it. I like what I'm seeing. And I think eventually I'll probably try to do like a, you know, like a four to five week cut um, and, and just get a little bit of fat off and maybe not, <laughs> you know, like maybe, totally. maybe like I kind of like where it is. Yeah. Maybe if like you're eating a lot of food, you're feeling really good, your physique, like you're happy with it. It's like, why change it? Also, if you do end up going to cut, that's great too. I, um, told this to Herman before we started recording and I would like anyone and everyone to DM him and tell him the same. And I told Herman, I was like, Herman, you don't post any of this on your Instagram. I was like, where's a post of Herman talking about his bulk or talking about his experience? And he's like, well, I just don't 
sorry, Herman, I'm calling you out. He's like, well, I just don't take it very seriously. Like he's not, you know, I think a lot of times on social media, you hear when people do bulks or cuts, it's like, they're very extreme about it, which I think there's an extent of like, you know, depending on what your goal is, sometimes it does take like, you got to be all in with it. And Herman's like, I'm just not like, gun ho about it. I'm like, well, I think a lot of people will resonate with that. Like you'll be surprised at how many people will, will resonate with the fact that you're not so gun ho about it and that you're seeing these results without having to like, be like, I need to eat my calories by the end of the day. Like, I think that anyways, I just think yeah. Herman should share more about it on his Instagram, share more about his story, share more about his personal fitness, his, where he's at. And so this is me saying, Herman, you should do that. And anyone who's listening should also DM Herman and tell him and encourage him. <laughs> I will I will post about it. I I will take that. And if, and if I don't, yeah. then everyone, please call me out for it. I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think it's true. And I think we can kind of, we can kind of dive into today's topic with that because there's a lot of different ways to do this. And I think that's the important part to to understand is that if I'm looking at it and saying like, look, I don't want, I just, in, in this point in my life, like I don't want to go in and and I, I'm still tracking most days as I'm doing this just to kind of get, I'm not like, you know, it's not like a, okay, I got to hit this exact number. It's just kind of like a gut check. Where yeah. am I? You know, am I, am I way off base? Um, But then I'm kind of making up for that. Like, okay, I'm not this extremely diligent on tracking by looking at my weight most days. Yeah. So I, so I can at least have some kind of measurable way to account, like be accountable of say, is this working or not? You totally. know, if I go three weeks without seeing the scale move up at all, as I'm doing this, okay, I got to make an adjustment because yeah. it's, it's, you know, I, I, obviously I'm moving more than I'm burning now at this point or moving the same as I'm burning at this point. Right. And so you could, you know, we, we can have the same conversations we talk about fat loss today because yeah, you don't have to be, you know, I, there's so many people out there that are like, you got to track every single lick and bite and be as meticulous as you possibly can if you want this. And there's a time and place that like, Hey, if we, if we've, we've exhausted everything, like maybe we got to really dial it in. But I think there's other ways to, to kind of, to go about this and then, you know, just really have a, have a plan for yourself of like, what is manageable for you? Totally. You know, what, what is realistic for you in your life right now? And I think, um, Let's, let's, let's just kind of dive in, right? Because that's that yeah. actually goes right into point number one. Yeah. Well, I think that um, kind of talking about the topic that we have today, uh, Herman and I have 10 tips to helping you with fat loss. Um, so I think before we dive into the tips and these points that we, we have for you, I think it could be helpful for anyone who doesn't know exactly what fat loss even means. Um Basically, what fat loss is, do you want to explain or do you want me to explain it? Go for it. Okay. Basically, what fat loss is, is simply eating less calories than you are burning in a day. So in this, in the case of like Herman, he's actually eating more calories than he burns in a day as, you know, or at least um, on average throughout the week to help him gain weight. For someone who's wanting to lose weight or wanting to lose fat, in order to do that, they need to be in a calorie deficit, which is essentially, again, eating less calories than they burn in a day with the goal of losing fat. Now, being in a fat loss phase is something that um, should be intentional, something that you should have only only be in for a set period of time, something that you should get in and get out. It's not something that you should be in for an, a, a long extended amount of time. 
I'd say max eight to 20 weeks really depends on the person though, to be honest. Um, now being in a fat loss space can be really tough. So with today's tips, we hope to provide that value and, and actionable tips and ideas of what can only help you in a fat loss space to make it easier. Um, and to, yeah, essentially just to make it easier. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think that's such an important point that it's a phase. It's something that you, you do and you don't, you know, I think most people look at it as a lifestyle, like it's yeah. a mindset, you know, I have a, I have a fat lot, like people are on a diet always. Yeah. And if they're not, like if they're not even actively trying to lose weight, they still feel like, oh, well, like, you know, I should probably get the low fat option. Or I should yeah. probably get look at the locale menu. Like it's like it's almost like a it's a way of living. And that's not what it should be. Like it should be in a very intentional thing that has a plan, a an on-ramp and an off-ramp, right? Like, totally. how am I doing this? How am I what's my strategy? When am I done? And what do I do when I'm done? Yeah. And that's that's the problem that most diets have today, is there is no off-ramp, right? Yeah. So I, I let's, let's head into, into point number one. Cause that, that kind of sets it up perfectly. Yeah. So point number one is to have a plan. Um, and with that, there's, there's different scenarios of, of having a plan. First, I think what we're talking about is have a plan of when are you starting your cut and at least a rough idea on when you're ending a cut. Now I know for some people they're like, well, what if I get to eight weeks and I want to go four more, four more weeks? You know, that still is a plan. You're still mm-hmm. putting that there. Like, okay, you have somewhat of an idea of a plan. Um, so setting a plan of when you start and when you end. Um, and then with that, having a plan within your, w- within the fat loss phase. Obviously when you're in a fat loss phase, the food that you eat, like that is the reason that you are going to lose weight is depending on how much food you're eating. So having a plan towards your, what meals you're going to eat and what food you're going to eat. And um, creating a meal plan is something that's also going to be really helpful. When are you going to get your workouts in? So having, ha- having a plan, using your Google calendar, using your notes section to, um, to, to essentially, um, I, I keep saying the word plan, but like plan out some of these things that will only help you within your fat loss phase. Mm-hmm. And I think what we should, we should probably mention too, is like in terms of strategy, right? Like, like how do you physically lose fat? And cause I think we, we probably glossed over that when we introduced like what fat loss is, we're not sitting here talking about getting rid of carbs or intermittent fasting or whatever diet is out there that you want to think about, right? Like here's, here's the reality. The only thing that you need to lose fat is to burn more calories than you eat. You got to be in a calorie deficit. There's a million ways to get there. And I think that's like, once we kind of understand that piece and just let go that there's like this one perfect way to lose fat, it makes things way easier because it just comes down to the numbers and it comes down to how do we get to this number that's, that's achievable for me and sustainable for me. And that's going to be different for everybody, Yeah, you know? Um, but I think we have to start there and, and, and think about, okay, so one, how do you even know what number you're supposed to hit? Right. Um, that's, that's probably the first question that everybody asks, like what, how many calories should I eat 
to lose fat. So you want to go into that? Sure. Um, I know we kind of touched on this on a previous podcast, but I'd say if you want to hire a coach, I'd say that's probably the best case scenario and they can help you and teach you how to do that. Um, if you want to do it yourself, I would say just go online and find uh, and search TDEE, Total Daily Energy Expenditure uh, Calculator, and then you'll put in your numbers, put in your height, weight, age, all that information, and it'll spit out a number for you. Um, and then I would just take that number as just an idea. It's just a guess. It's just a guess that the calculator is giving you. So essentially I would just take that number in minus three to 500 calories from it and just start tracking there. Um, and then as you start tracking, see what happens. Are you, is, are you losing weight? Are you, is, are things headed in the direction you want them to? Cool. Stay there. Um, if not, then maybe subtract 50 calories from that and see, and then start tracking again and see if things are headed the right direction. If not like subtract from that, um, or take audits, whatever, because sometimes it's maybe like, maybe your numbers are a calorie deficit, but that's where I think like the bites, the licks, the taste, like we got to make sure we're accounting for those two, in my opinion, um, in, in certain circumstances, but yeah, that's how I'd say you can find your calories. A lot yeah. of coaches too um, offer macro counts, uh, which if you want to invest in that, I think that's a fine way to go about it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing that we should say too is, and to your point, I think we talked about this. I don't know if it was the last time we recorded or maybe the time before that, but um, people can find that episode too and listen to it because we go way in more in depth about just calories and macros in general. Yeah. Um, but one thing is, you know, just don't take these calculators as face value that for they're sure. like going to be ideal for you. You know, I think, I think that's the hardest thing is I, I mean, I did this when I was, when I went on my mini cut a couple of weeks ago, like I just typed in, you know, I opened up chronometer and I typed in what my goal is and it, it spit out these calories for me. And I'm trying to hit these calories in one day. And I'm like, this is an insanely amount lower than I'm usually eating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and after a couple of days I was like starving and I'm like this, I it's, it's too low. It's too low of a calorie deficit because I'm obviously burning more than whatever this is assuming. Totally. So I think that's important to, to understand, like you got to find what is the, what's the right number for you and the best way to do that. Like this is, you know, this, this takes a little bit of planning. This takes a little bit of focus, but for seven days, just track all your food. Don't change anything. Eat as completely normal, but track everything, you know, track the peanut butter you're putting in, track the olive oil that you're using, like everything that you're, you're eating. And that includes the weekends, you know? So if you're going out and drinking, like include that. And it's, you know, you're only, you're, you're only trying to, to improve yourself, right? Like don't try yeah. to, don't look at it as like, uh, I'm trying to impress anybody with my number. Like you just want the truth. What, what is the real source? And once you have that, then you've got a base. Then you, if you say, okay, over the course of seven days, I ate 3000 calories. Yeah. Okay. So let's go down from there. Totally. I think finding those, I, I honestly, I think that way is the best way to go about it. But I think that a lot of people aren't wanting to put in that work, but essentially mm -hmm. like most coaches that you were like every client that comes on with me, I always have them track their food for at least a week before I give them set macros to get a really good idea of, of, of where they're at. Mm -hmm. So honestly, you get a coach, you don't get a coach, whatever. Um, the, the best way to figure out is to, like you say, track your food for a week 
look at the average over the week and then subtract from there um, and see what happens. Again, if you if, if the calculator or something like that puts you in too low of a calorie deficit, and I think when you'll know that is like if you're absolutely starving, then simply just try and increase 100 to 150 calories from that and see if you can continue to lose weight on a little bit more calories mm-hmm. um, and just experiment with it, which I – I am going to, I think that going into some of the points of that we have is like, it, it takes time. Like you, you got like, if you're so rushed to see the process, like you, you're going to get ahead of yourself. But I think that as you can take that time to really figure that out for yourself, it's only going to benefit you in the long run, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And if you're someone who is, you know, just the thought of tracking just makes you sick, you know, like, which like, I understand, like there's, there's. I'm going to say it right now. Tracking will make it so much easier. It just yeah. will. And, and I also understand that some people just don't want to do it, you know? Totally. Um, and there's, and there's other ways, there's other ways to, to do it. If you don't want to track, um, it's going to be less linear. You know, it's going to be probably a, a little bit more of a roller coaster. If you go that route, um, you're going to have to be really patient. Yeah. And, and you're, and again, you're going to need a plan. You're going to need a strategy of what are the specific things I'm doing that's going to help me achieve this if I'm not going to track. And I think we'll, some of these other points that we'll get into will kind of help that probably even moving into point number two. Um, but I think it's, it's important, like decide what it is. Are you going to track or are you not? And if you're not going to, what's the plan? It can't just be, okay, I think I'm going to try to lose some weight. Right. And it's totally. like, I'm going to eat a little bit healthier. Well, what does that, what does that actually mean? Right. Yeah. Like what, what specifically does that mean? So write that all down before you head into this, because the reality is if you don't have a plan, if you just go in and it's just kind of like, uh, all right, I'm going to try to eat healthier. Now you're going to get frustrated very quickly and it's going to fall back into, into old patterns. And that's what we see today is most people kind of go into this, this yo-yo diet cycle, right? Cause you're, you're half assing going into the, the fat loss phase. And then it's just, it's just ends up driving yourself crazy. Totally. Well, I think we can both agree that like just the act of eating healthier doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in a calorie deficit or like eating cleaner or eating this or eating this way. It's like, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. So again, whether you track or don't track, I think you can still, you can lose, you don't have to track in order to lose fat. Um, do I think that in my opinion, uh, it really depends on the person again, but do I think that it, it could probably help to track just so you know, like, for, so you know, for sure you're, you are in a calorie deficit. Yes. But for someone who is like mentally, um, draining for them and it's like causing more harm than, than good, I'd say, great. So like you said, let's have a plan. What can we do? So in that case, mm-hmm. I think we can move on to the second point, which is like, um, uh, which is, uh, well, I think we can maybe go on to the point of like spacing out your meals, which I think that if you are choosing not to track, having some type of plan of like, when are you going to have your meals, um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, how are you going to space out those meals to manage your hunger? And then also how can you build a balanced plate within those meals to essentially make sure that you're getting in the nutrients, the protein that you need, which will only help with fat loss. and um, that way you can kind of see your portion sizes and things like that. If you need to change anything about that. Yeah. I think that's the, that's one of the, 
one of the biggest things is, is you, you got to have a way to be able to understand when your meals are and try to keep them consistent. Because I think that's the hardest thing is like, if they're all over the place, you know, sometimes you eat breakfast, sometimes you don't, sometimes you eat these snacks, sometimes you stop at a gas station to pick something up. It's just, it, it makes it almost impossible to understand what you need to adjust, Yeah, you know? Um, and if you're tracking, if you're like truly like someone that's like, Hey, no, I'm putting everything into this app, then okay. A little bit more manageable because you've got, you've got all the data, right? You, yeah. you can look at it and you can make some, you can make some changes. But if you're someone who's like, I don't, I don't want to track, or even if you're like, I don't want to track every day, you know, like maybe there's a few days a week I'm going to do this. Um, it makes it so much, it's going to make your life so much easier. If you're like, I eat breakfast, I eat lunch, I eat dinner. And then I have maybe these two snacks and yeah. those are the times that I eat. Um, and if you're in a fat loss phase, like you might have to shut it down, you know, like you might, you might have to say, Hey, after dinner, I'm just not going to eat anything. Yeah. And that's, and that's okay. I think it's just, it just makes it so much less stressful on, on worrying about like all these different factors and trying to keep it more consistent. Yeah. 100%. Um, and then the balanced plate, that's, that's one thing that I would say too is, and you kind of hear this everywhere is, is this idea of like, you know, the ideal balanced plate and you can kind of, you know, you can play, kind of play around this, but like generally speaking, a, a pretty good plate for most people is going to look like a half a plate of veggies, a quarter plate of lean protein, and then like a quarter plate of some kind of carb rich food, you know, so either like a starchy vegetable or a whole grain or some kind of like lentil or legume, you know, yeah, um, something in that family. And with that approach itself, like if most of your meals look like that, it's, it's going to make it a lot easier. Um, and we can kind of go, I think point three, then we'll be like kind of managing your hunger. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we can kind of go into that point, but like that balanced plate approach, I think just makes your life so much easier for a couple of reasons. One, it fills your plate up with things that keep you full, um, which will lead in, into point three. It's it fills your plate up with half of it being super nutrient dense vegetables and that are very low calorie. Um, and then three, we know that having vegetables, fiber and protein on a plate helps you manage your blood sugar. And that's an important piece because if people are like, having these really carb rich foods by themselves. This is where I feel like the whole like carb kind of, you know, <laughs> hate comes from is if you eat a bunch of carbs on their own, your blood sugar will kind of spike and crash, you know, yeah. and your, and your energy will feel that too. So like if you're eating just like a, you know, if it's like, a, it's not just carbs, but like someone who just eats like a slice of cheese pizza for lunch. Right. Yeah. Like two hours later, you're going to, you're going to, have that little afternoon nap. But yeah. if you've got some veggies on the side, you've got some protein on the side, you got some fiber on the side, it helps balance that out and it keeps your energy levels up, which is super important if you're trying to move more too. Right. Totally. So, so that's just one like little added caveat, I think for the balanced plate method. Yeah, for sure. I think that with this, to, with this uh, point as well, managing your hunger for me, what's helped a lot is just um, adding in more high volume foods to my meals so maybe that looks like, you know, for breakfast, if I'm having um, an egg and some egg whites and some cheese, I'll, I won't use an egg and I'll just do egg whites and a little bit less cheese. Um, and that way it creates more volume with just using the eggs. I get more eggs 
Um, and or an example too is like sometimes I'll instead of just using rice, I'll mix in, I'll do less rice and then cauliflower rice and mix it in. Um, that way it makes it feel like there's more. The cauliflower rice has fiber in it. It's filling me up. Same thing with pasta. I'll mix normal pasta with like spaghetti squash um, or I'll just do spaghetti squash on its own. Um, so essentially adding in more high fiber foods, more low, uh, high volume foods, which will, like you said, help uh, manage hunger and help keep you fuller for longer. With that too, I think that making sure that you're getting in uh at least, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein per each meal. I think that if you're, if you're having, and this goes back to the balanced plate, you know, if you are having a breakfast that has no protein in it, uh, you know, the, the chances of you getting hungry, like being very hungry by lunch are probably really high. So making sure you're also spacing out your protein, um, which will help manage hunger as well. And then something that I wanted to mention is like, make sure your meals, this goes back to the high volume, like make sure your meals are actually meals. Like I know for some people, their breakfast is a granola bar and like a coffee or like a, some type of drink and an apple and not saying that that's mm. necessarily bad, but like a granola bar and an apple and a, 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 or we can just say like orange juice, like that's not going to fill you up yeah. or like a protein shake. So really eating actual food, especially in a fat loss phase is going to help keep you fuller for longer where like an apple and a protein bar are, are, are more, um, are, are it's probably not going to fill you up for very long. Yeah. That's I'm okay. If we spend a little bit more time on this one too, because this one's like so crucial. If you can, if you can nail manage your hunger, then it makes the whole journey so for much sure. easier. And there's like, I think just to kind of like set the stage too, and when we're kind of talking about these things, like there's, there's a few things that just, that just help fill you up so much more than other foods. And, and I think the biggest things when we talk about that is whole foods, you know, so there's a million what like, I think the whole definition of whole foods becomes really foggy for people, but just like, think about things that like don't come in a package, right? Yeah. Minimally processed foods, fiber protein and then I, and then even water are, are, sure. are all things that they just fill you up more than other foods and that's why you hear i think so many coaches talking about these things all the time is cuz they're really you know like we I, I think a smart strategy is always to focus on adding these foods rather than trying to like restrict carbs restrict yeah. restrict sugar restrict all these foods that you love you know instead of focusing on that you got to focus on managing your hunger because sure. what happens if you take away carbs, you're just going to, you're just going to feel depleted. You're going to just going to feel really hungry if you're not replacing it with like fiber and protein and which you're not going to have fiber if you're, if you're taking away the carbs. Right. Um, which then your just, digestion in your fat loss phase is going to be s s painful. Yes. Yeah. So, so take these, take these things like, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. If you don't want to, if you don't want to track your calories, eat as many whole foods as you possibly can, yeah. you know, like just, and, and I think like to paint that example, like think about like a, a pack of applesauce, right? A pack of applesauce is like one to two full apples inside that pack. Think about how many packs of applesauce you could crush in a sitting yeah. versus how many apples you could, you could crush in a sitting, right? Like that right there shows you how much easier it is to eat 
processed foods over whole foods. And I think like when we say these, like processed foods is not like this devil in disguise. That's like, it's going to kill you. And it's because of all the chemicals in it. They're just, they're just designed in a way that makes them super tasty and easy to eat a lot of. That's it. And I think that it's still okay to include those foods in your calorie deficit or like in your fat loss phase. Um, if you're, again, if, if your hunger levels are fine and you want to include something that's a little bit more quote unquote process, although we can also make the argument that like almost everything we eat is processed, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, those highly palatable foods, I think it can still be important to include those in. Um, but essentially I like the point that you made is like, don't think about not including those in, just think about adding in and, and as a result or a byproduct of that, um, a lot of these foods, you know, you might not even be hungry for by that point because you have been really great about including some of these high volume foods. And I think that we can kind of turn, um, go into the next point, which um, is also taking an audit and seeing, you know, taking an audit of, of some of the foods that you're eating and see where you can make um, those swaps. And I know this is something that you're really great at of, you know, looking at the sauces that, that you're eating or using, or looking at some of the things that you like, you know, looking at some of the foods that you're eating and seeing what things are actually worth it. You know, I think that G Hughes has great zero Mm. or low sugar sauces where if you're using like a normal barbecue sauce, just making a simple swap like that, where it tastes exactly the same. Um, you're not having to spend a ton of carbs on it or a lot of sugar on it. Um, little swaps like that can actually go a long way. Yeah. This one, this one, I am very passionate about because I think it can just, you can just like, I'm all about just finding kind of the, the little easy changes, right? Like what, like what can we change? That's not going to disrupt your life too much. Um, like the low hanging fruit almost. Right. And, and the way I described it before this episode is kind of, the same way that if you look at your bank statement and you're looking and saying like, all right, I, I gotta, I gotta stop spending a little bit of so much money. Right. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many parallels about like trying to get wealthier and, and losing fat. It's, it's yeah. kind of incredible. Um, but you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at my bank statement, I'm saying, I gotta, I gotta cut costs somewhere. And I would look through and say, okay, you know, think about subscriptions, these things that we mindlessly are just constantly paying for. Right. Like I'll look at it and go Netflix. Oh yeah. We watch a lot of that. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that on there. Uh, what is this Paramount plus? I don't know. I don't even know what the hell that's doing on here. Right. I don't want, I've watched maybe one show on there. Like, okay, that's an easy one to cut that seven 99 right there. And I would do the same exact thing with food. You know, like as you're tracking your calories, what you're going to notice is there's these little things that are adding up to a, actual large substantial amount of calories over time that you don't even notice are, yeah. are in your diet. You know, I think people like always talk about like, Oh, I'm, I'm barely eating anything or I'm eating 1200 calories. And then when you look at it, it's like the sauces that we put on things, you know, like one tablespoon measure one tablespoon yeah, and then, and then look at how much you actually put on the food. Right. Totally. Um, so I would look at that. Like, and that was, that was one of the biggest things I think when I went on a mini cut, I realized like, why am I wasting these calories on like 200 calorie sauces when they make plenty of sauces that are like zero calories to like 30, Yeah, you know, that, that makes the food taste great or, or, or vice versa, you know, not vice versa, but like, instead of that, use some herbs, 
or use some spices. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of ways to make, to make food taste good without some of these things. So I would look at that. Like I would look and say like, Hey, I might eggs every single morning. I put this, like, I used to put like this, uh, Sir Kensington, everything sauce on my eggs uh-huh. and it was great, but I could easily just put Sriracha on it and I'd be just as fat as satisfied. Yeah. You know? Um, so something like that, same thing with like, uh, liquid calories, you know, are you, are you drinking an orange juice every single morning? And then you finally look at it and you're like, that is like 200 calories that, yeah. that I'm starting the day with day with every single day. Um, do I need that? You know, do I really care that much about it? Yeah. And a lot of the times, like you'll realize that, you, and I want to mention too, if that orange juice is worth it to you, then fine. I, like That's totally okay. Keep it in. But I think a lot of times what people will realize is like, I don't know if it's worth it to drink, you know, this orange juice that has 200 calories in it. And it doesn't really provide me any type, like it doesn't really fill me up. In that case, if you really love oranges, I think that eating the orange versus drinking orange juice is one, it's probably going to be less calories. Um, if you just eat a normal orange and you will also, it'll also fill you up more rather than just Mm -hmm. drinking orange juice. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably, we probably should have just threw that in the manager hunger, but drinking your calories in general is like an easy one to take out. Cause we just, we don't get full from it the same way we do when we eat them. So that's a, that's a big one. Like we, we argue so much about like diet soda versus regular soda, but if your goal is fat loss, like drinking a diet soda versus a 200 calorie Coke is going to, is going to make it way easier. For Um, sure. So, so that's, I think that's the great point is like the point of the food audit is that it helps you keep eating your favorite foods. Yeah. You know, like if you're like, I dude, I just love Oreos. Like I, like I just want to have a couple Oreos after dinner. Okay. Let's leave that in for now. Like maybe later we have to adjust. Maybe we have to say, Hey, instead of 12 Oreos, how about we do four, you know, um, something like that. But I think it's, it, it helps you kind of say, okay, how do I build this diet that I can eat go forward that I actually am enjoying. And part of that is like, you got to take out the things that you don't care about so you can eat the things you do care about. Totally. Totally agree with that. Awesome. Um, all right. Number five, we've got avoid the extremes. So yes, probably could have led with this one. Um, but this is like, you know, as, as we, as we sit there here in this world and we're talking about like all these different methods of calorie deficits and tracking all these things, like, I think we forget me and you what the mainstream advice is on dieting. Oh yeah. You know, um, like 95% of what you see out there, all the clickbaity sounding articles and headlines, just avoid them. <laughs> avoid, like, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need to cut out a single macronutrient. You don't need to cut out any single food group or any single ingredient or anything like that. You don't need to lose fat or lose, you know, 20 pounds in three weeks. It's not going to be sustainable. Like yeah. all these things that if it sounds too good to be true, it is. And there's a reason why we kind of fall back into this pattern over and over again of trying and trying and trying. It's because we, we have so many plans out there that people are willing to sell you because they know you want the results quick that are just not realistic. Yeah. I'd also say too, I think that we can mention that like 
the whole, the fad diets, the keto, the intermittent fasting, the this, the that, like some of them can be tools to help certain people, specific people. But for the general population, I think that they're not necessary. Like you don't need to do those things unless, you know, again, unless some coach or someone is telling you based on a certain health condition that you have. And I'd also say some, some, a common extreme that I've been seeing roll around Instagram recently is just taking um, certain injections and certain, Mm. uh, you know, quote unquote drugs to help people lose fat. And I think that's another extreme in and of itself when it's not needed for some people. Mm -hmm. Again, that can be a tool for a specific population of people, but not for the most people. So I think the, the sooner you can start avoiding those extremes, the sooner you can really learn to lose fat and in a way that helps you to keep it off because essentially, however you lose fat, however you do go about this, you're going to need to somewhat maintain some of these things to a certain extent um, in order to keep the weight off. And if you don't see yourself being able to maintain keto or intermittent fasting or being able to use these drugs for the rest of your life or any other extreme like that, then the chances of like the chances of you maintaining that fat loss are, are pretty low. So, um, yes, avoid, 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 avoid the extremes. Yeah. I mean, that, that last point is so important that you have to be able to see this lasting long-term, right? Um, and I, and it doesn't have to be exactly how it is in your fat loss phase. Like I think Sam Forge has said this before in, in a very elegant way as, as he always does. Um, yeah, seriously, it's so good. <laughs> um, just the, like it's, you might need to, you might need to sacrifice some things during fat yeah. loss, right? Like you might need to not keep the Doritos in the house. Because you know, whenever you you open the pantry, you're gonna eat some, right? Like those those things, but like, but there's a there's a degree of that, right? Cutting out carbs entirely when like, and I think to your point, it doesn't have to be that you can't do those things. And for some people, those things are effective, and yeah. that's okay. But I think it's when I hear someone say, "Oh, I want to, I really want to lose weight, but I love carbs," you know, like that that type of person, you don't need to eliminate them. And if you totally. do, it's not going to last forever. You know, so what happens at the end, even if it does work, even if you don't eat carbs for the next 10 weeks, what happens after that? Yeah. When you introduce, reintroduce them, like you think your weight just stays the same or does it go back to, to where it was before? Because all these things, whether it's keto, whether it's intermittent fasting, whatever it is, they all work because they put you in a calorie deficit. That's it. Exactly. They just make you eat less calories. And so I think once you kind of understand that, that I can do those things if I want to, right? If someone's like, I don't, like, I genuinely don't even care about carbs. Like, I just, I don't, I don't really eat that many. Like, they're not that appealing to me. Um, then maybe try it out. You know, maybe, and, and there's nothing wrong with experimenting with some of those things, but don't feel like you have to do any of them really yeah. totally 100% agree with you cool um okay the next point that we point number 6 is strength training um in a fat loss phase honestly like whatever phase you're in i think just in life it's important to strength train but the reason why we put this for uh, a tip in your fat loss is because if you are wanting to 
lose fat, not weight, which our last um, episode was about that, like the difference between weight loss and fat loss. So if anyone wants to listen to that, I, I definitely give it, a, give it a listen. But essentially making sure you're eating enough protein and strength training is, is going to help you to maintain the muscle that you have, which most people who are wanting to lose fat, it's because they want to reveal muscle. They want to get more of like this toned look. Um, so making sure your strength training during your fat loss phase is going to be essential in order to maintain your muscle and, um, quote unquote target, you know, target fat loss. Yeah, this is, I'm sure people will hear this one too. And they're like, "Ah, it doesn't make sense. Like strength training doesn't burn that many calories. Right. Um, and I think that's where it's so important to like eliminate this whole idea out of your head about burning calories in workouts. Yeah. Cause it just doesn't matter. It, it really, it really doesn't, it doesn't make as big of an impact as people make it seem. We burn less than five to 10% of our total calories from exercising. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just not, not it, it's just not that much. So don't look at exercise as how many calories it burns. That's like one of the worst ways to judge an effective exercise. For but, sure look at it as what is it, what kind of adaptations does it create? What does it do to my body? And that's, that's the important piece. So not saying that cardio is like bad for you by any means. Cardio is great for your heart health. It's, it's something that everyone should be doing. It's something that a lot of people are probably doing too much of, Yeah, you know, um, like you really don't need more than like a one to two hours a week. (laughs) Um, but the strength training piece is so important because we have to, you know, like me and you started this conversation talking about our, our cuts and our bulks, right? And I think someone who's who's listening to that is like, why is why would somebody be actively trying to gain weight? Right. Um, and I think like when you kind of start doing these things, like you you reframe it and you say, I'm either trying to cut fat or I'm trying to build muscle, right? Yeah. But the goal is always kind of body recomposition. It's always to have a better body fat percent. Yeah. Right. And that's where strength training becomes so important because you have to signal to your body that you need to preserve muscle yeah, over fat because your body is going to choose one of the two. And guess what? Muscle is energetically more expensive for the body to keep than fat. So if you don't strength train and the other thing is if you don't eat enough protein, your body's going to say, cool, well, I don't need this muscle around. Like, why am I carrying this, this dense stuff that, that is hard to, hard to maintain. And it's, and you're going to end up losing a lot of muscle as you lose weight, which one, you like, you're not going to feel, you're not going to be thrilled with how you look if you just lose a bunch of muscle, Yeah, you know, um, that's how, that's kind of how people end up with that, like skinny fat look, which is like what haunted me forever that I yeah. didn't understand what to do with. Um, but it also, it impacts your, your, your metabolism, right? Yeah. Like how much you're burning on a daily basis. So you, you lose a bunch of muscle, you burn less calories. It's not like crazy different, but it's less. Yeah. Muscle, muscle also helps you manage your blood sugar. So now you start swinging that a little bit more. You have less energy throughout the day. So you have this this downward spiral where versus the other way, if you signal to build and preserve muscle, you start seeing all the opposite effects. Yeah. I'd also say like if you think about your total daily energy expenditure and what that makes up of, we know that part of it makes up like the, the larger part of the amount of calories that you burn in a day um, comes from 
just life sustaining functions like your BMR, right? Your basal metabolic rate. And although exercise only takes five to 10% of those calories that you burn in a day, which is a very small amount, a way that you can use that exercise to increase your basal metabolic rate is simply by gaining more muscle. Um, because just like you said, Herman, as you do increase your muscle mass, uh, your essentially your BMR is gonna gonna go up because um, it it does require more energy to maintain muscle. Mm-hmm. So I think that hopefully those points right there can really encourage someone that um, strength training is just as important in a fat loss phase, if not more important than it is any other phase. Now, again, to your point, cardio is not bad. And honestly, I use cardio in a fat loss phase more as a tool, um, but cardio never takes priority over strength training. Strength training is always the priority and cardio I'll do as a tool if I have more time or if I have the energy to do so, or if like I'm trying to push past a plateau and I don't want to lower my calories, then I'll include cardio, but it never ever takes priority over strength training. Yeah. I think just a good rule of thumb is to keep cardio to like half the time that you're strength training. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just in lower the intensity you know, like what we have cardio out there as is like these like hardcore hit classes where you're one, you're, you're not using great form. So like there, there's a reason why a lot of people get like hurt and and have chronic pain from doing those, those classes too much. Um, but, but two, it's, it's just really taxing on your body, you know? So it makes you, it makes you sit around after the workout because you don't have energy Yeah, and, and it makes you hungrier as well. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say is I think that I think there are studies on this. Obviously, I can't quote them to but what I've heard is is hit doing some type of hit workout actually uh, makes you feel hungrier. So if you're doing mm-hmm. hit like afterwards, you're going to be starving. If you're in a fat loss phase, trying to manage your hunger like that's going to make things really hard. So um, if you are in a fat loss phase using cardio for as a tool, I think like you're saying, stick to the what people define as list low intensity studies. Uh, state cardio, um, where your heart rates, you know, at a, a little bit lower of a, of a pace, um, which will help, which will still give you those benefits of fat loss or sorry, of cardio, um, while still being able to manage your hunger. And I think this can probably go into the next point that we have mm-hmm. is, is walking, yep. um, really taking advantage of, of walking during your fat loss phase and, uh, having some type of step goal, to keep you accountable of moving throughout the day. Cause essentially, yes, when you go work out and you strength train, that's great, but making sure you're getting in movement throughout the day too, is going to be essential to helping you in your fat loss phase. And the best way to do that is by walking. Yeah. I, I love, I just love walking as a suggestion for, I mean, overall health, but especially for, sure. for fat loss, because one, it's just very low stress, like everything we just talked about, right? Like it's, you want, to make sure that the movement you're doing is not putting you in a place where like, you don't want to move now the rest of the day. Yeah. Cause like we talked about, you're not, you're not moving as much as you think in those you're burning five to 10% of your calories. Right. So the rest of the time matters a lot. How far do you park away from the grocery store? Do you take the stairs instead of the, the elevator? Do you sit on the couch when you're at home or do you want to like go outside in the backyard and play with the, the dog or the kids? Right. Like all those things matter a lot. And walking is a great way that's not going to tax your body. Um, and it's measurable, right? Like you can, you can look and say, all right, I walk, you know, I, like there's no magic number. You don't have to hit 10,000 steps. 
But look at it today. I walked 3,000 steps today. I'm going to get to 6,000. That is going to burn more calories than you are today, every single day, right? Totally. Like a, in like a pretty decent amount. So, and and same thing if you're, you know, if you're walking 7,000, okay, I'm going to walk 10,000 now, right? Like there's a, there's a way that you can stair step that approach and understand if you're doing more. Um, so I, I love that one in general. And I think the last piece of it is it gives you more energy, you know, like walking first thing in the morning has been shown that people then actually are two things. They have more energy throughout the day, so they move more, but they're actually, they're actually going to be more likely to make more healthy decisions, even oh, with really? their food. So it's just, it's just one of those things I think like, honestly, everyone should be doing, but in a fat loss phase, it's like critical. For sure. 100%. Um, okay. The next point, which is number seven is managing your stress. Um, I think this one is definitely underrated, especially as I feel like there's a lot of stress, um, in everybody's life right now. So learning how to manage those, uh, is going to help so that you, I think that managing your stress will help your hunger hormones. So you're not feeling extra hunger throughout the day. It's going to help you have more energy throughout the day. Um, and recover better from your workouts. So give me some of your thoughts, Herman, from that. Yeah, this one, this one's so important because, um, you know, as we kind of talk about fat loss and like going back to like the fat loss mindset, right? Like people have been trying to be in a calorie deficit or trying to do certain different diets and hopping from back and forth and probably under eating during the week. And then like maybe overeating, you know, on the weekend, everything like that, that it's very stressful. Yeah. On your body. Like, like I think we have to, we have to realize that if you are in a fat loss phase, that is stress on your body. You are totally. under eating, right? Like there's nutrients you might not be getting. And ultimately it can lead to better things. You know, if you do need to get down to a healthier weight for sure, like that's, that's probably a stress that's worth it, but it's a stress. It's yeah. something that you had to kind of factor into everything else you're doing. So, you know, what other stresses do you have in your life? Is your job crazy? Do you have two little tiny kids that are running around, you know, causing havoc? Do you, are you working out a lot, which is also a stress on your body, right? Like all these things that yes, working out's a, a good stress. We adapt to it, but it's a stress. Yeah. And so is everything else. Your career, you might enjoy, it might be worth it. It brings you a good life, but it's a stress. And so you kind of had to lump all these things together and think about like, I mean, from two perspectives, one, is this even the right time for me to be in a fat loss phase? Totally. Right? Um, like right after you have a newborn, probably not the, probably not the best idea yeah. to, to do that. Or right after you get a promotion, you know, maybe, maybe you hold off for a little bit until you, until things calm down a little bit more. But, but two, you know, like if you are going to do this, how can you reduce stress elsewhere in your yeah. life? You know, are, are there, are there sources of stress that you're like, this isn't, I don't need this. I don't need to be doing this. Like, why am I, why am I wasting my time on this? Um, cause the reality is, you know, what's, what's so hard. And this is where I think fat loss and metabolism gets really challenging is that stress impacts us very differently when it comes to our hunger levels. Some people avoid food. Some people eat food when they're stressed. Knowing that about yourself is critical yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to lose fat, right? Because 
then you understand, okay, if I'm hungry, am I always hungry after this meeting where like, I can't stand the person that I'm talking to, right? Well, maybe I'm not actually hungry. Maybe it's just, maybe I'm just always stressed yeah. after that meeting. And I think like once you can kind of like stop and like actually start thinking about those things and, and, and connect the dots in, it'll make you maybe, maybe, maybe just make it like a little bit easier, you know, to delay that a little bit. Um, but I think it's really hard if you're just like constantly walking around with this ball of stress from everything else in your life. Totally. I think just to emphasize the point that you made that I think is important to understand is being in a fat loss phase is a stressor on your body. Now, again, not all like stress is not necessarily like there's, I would say sometimes stress is a good thing. Sometimes stress is not a good thing, right? Um, now if there's too much stress, especially when it comes to chronic stress, that will be something that definitely needs to be managed. And if you feel like your life is very stressful right now and there's tons of trips coming up and there's moving across the country, like it's probably not the best time to go into a fat loss phase. Now, if you are in a fat loss phase and things are feeling really stressful to your point too, is look at the things that are more like, I would say, pull out a piece of paper, write down all the things that feel really stressful in your life right now. Um, and circle the ones that you maybe can't control as much, like things that like, there's not much you can do about. And then the ones that you might be able to control a little bit, how can you make those less stressful or how can you maybe, uh, eliminate the, those from your life for a period of time while you're in this fat loss phase to help you. And then I'd also say just like general actionable tips for those who are feeling like they're very stressed that, um, I tell this a lot to my clients too, is like, you know, if there's ever a moment in the day where you are feeling really stressed, I think you brought it up with like, just take time and notice and become aware of like those things that are causing you stress. And then simply just take like 30 seconds to a minute and take big, deep breaths, like close your eyes. Like, I know it sounds so woo and cheesy, but like close your eyes, think into yourself, check in with yourself and just take five big deep breaths. And studies have shown that that doing that itself, um, lowers your cortisol levels, uh, by a pretty good amount. So I mm. think taking deep breaths throughout the day, taking, you know, setting an alarm on your phone. I actually have this. I just have an, I have a reminder on my phone every day at 3 PM that says daily self check-in. And in that daily self check-in, I just take 30 seconds to a minute to kind of stop whatever I'm doing, take a few deep breaths, see how I'm doing, and then keep going on with the day. Mm. I think another way to manage stress can also be possibly going from a, going, going for a walk. Um, just so you can get your thoughts out, your feelings out, that stress out. Um, so doing, doing things like that, I think journaling can also be a great thing, whether that's journaling pen to paper, pulling out your notes section, calling a friend and venting to them about some things can be helpful as well. Um, so the one, the one thing out. I would add too is to try to leave the stress out of your meals. So, yeah. you know, as, as crazy as we are and like, I get it. Life is busy. Like people have busy jobs. They've got deadlines. They've got families. They've, they have a lot of things that they have to take care of. Um, yeah. I, I get that. And I think one of the things that that will help a lot is when you go to sit down for a meal, take that as like, that's your 20 minutes to, yeah. to get out of that stuff, right? Put it away. It's going to be okay. It'll be there when you get back. But when you go into it and you, you know, instantly you, you look, put up your phone and you start scrolling through like work emails or you start going through social media or whatever it is. Um, or you turn on the news to see all the bad stuff that's happening yeah. in the world. Right. As you're eating your food, like, 
one, you're going to be distracted. So you're going to eat more. You're not going to feel when you're actually full. And then two, like you're not, your digestion is not going to be that great because your, your body's in a fight or flight mode. And I think that's, that's just a really important point because it's, it's that like for most people, that's one of the only times a day that you truly get to disconnect. Yeah. Hopefully, you know? Um, and I get it. Some people like it's hard. You have to, you have to eat at your desk at work because you got a you got a meeting that you got to get to. So it's not always possible, but as much as you can, I think try to leave the stress out of your meals and use that time to to recharge. Yeah, I think that another thing that can help with stress, which I think this will lead into point nine, is um, making sure you're getting enough sleep. Yeah. Which I think that if you are not getting enough sleep, seven to nine hours a night. Um, of good quality sleep, not getting enough sleep is just adding more stress onto your body, which is going to make it even harder. So really ensuring that you're getting enough sleep at night, good quality sleep, which might mean like putting your phone a certain uh, time before bed, you know, cooling your house down, um, which also getting enough sleep also helps with your hunger hormones. If you don't get enough sleep, like have you, I'm, I actually just learned this the other day where I don't know if anyone else has had this, but like the days that you don't get enough sleep, sometimes I feel hungrier those days um, because my body is is like my hunger hormone has gone up because I don't have energy. Like I'm so tired that I don't have energy. So my body's trying to tell me like, hey, eat more food f- to give your energy when I don't necessarily need more food. But because I didn't get as much sleep, um, my hunger hormone is producing more, which is making me more hungry. So really ensuring that you're getting enough sleep is going to help with your stress levels. It's going to help with, with your hunger levels. Um, it's going to help with recovery, especially if you're strength training. Um, and it, 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 yeah, I'd say there sleep has so many benefits that if you aren't getting enough sleep and good quality sleep, um, that's definitely something to look into. Yeah. So there's, they actually do have a study that showed exactly what you're talking about, that when someone has a one night of poor sleep or sleep deprivation, they on average eat 500 calories more the next day. Yeah. Which is wild. And they think there's like, you know, there's obviously it's hard to understand exactly what's going on. They think it's kind of, you're just more impulsive in general. It's harder to, to make, you know, the same kind of routine decisions. Um, but I agree with that. I mean, like, I think in general, like stress or sleep that, you know, I've always had this like theory that your brain's just craving more glucose to get the energy, right? Cause that's, that's a primary source for the brain. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, just think about a bad night of sleep. Like the last thing you're going to be thinking about is, is your diet, right? Oh, <laughs> it, so it, just, it throws everything off. So yeah. That's, we don't talk about it a lot. We talk about like what foods you eat and, and all in calorie deficits and strength training, all these things. But if you want to lose fat, if you want to build muscle, any of those things, like you have to get your sleep dialed in. It just, it just makes this so much harder. Um, and, and I get it again, you know, for some people like, look, if you have little kids, I'm sorry, (laughs) it's, it's, it's just, maybe that's not, maybe that's not the best time in your life to, to focus on this. Um, but but I think for a lot of people, it's, it's one of those things that like, you're, you're letting yourself, you know, there's, there's like that one hour at night that, you know, you probably should be going to bed and you kind of just lay there on your phone or yeah. you watch one more episode that you, you can cut it out. You know, um, I know it's a, it's a change. It's a little bit different, but you're going to be shocked at 
the quality of your life. If you move to like seven and a half, eight hours of sleep where you're right now getting like five to six. Totally. You'll notice a huge difference. I definitely know that I have. I remember in college, I would get maybe four to five hours of sleep. Like I kind of prided on the fact that I didn't need as much sleep because I'd wake up Mm. early. I'd wake up at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I'd go to bed at like midnight or 1 a.m. because, you know, college, hanging out, all that. And then I'd wake up at 5, 6 a.m. to go do my workout. And um, I, I kind of prided myself on that. And then it actually wasn't until I got married that I was like, okay, cool. Like I don't have to hang out super late. So my husband and I get to bed at 10 at night and sleep in till six or seven, um, getting seven to eight hours of sleep. And it's actually crazy now how I'm like, why, how was I surviving in college? Like I was so sleep deprived and looking back, like I was sick more often. Mm. I was emotional sometimes. Like I was always tired throughout the day. Like my classes, I could not focus. I was always like sleeping during my classes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I now look back and I'm like, no, no, duh. Like, no, duh. I felt the way I am. And now, and now it's like my sleep, like my friends could, could say this too. They'd be like, Sarah's is so weird about her sleep. Like, <laughs> because I have now seen the ROI from it. You know, it's something that's worth it to me. It's like, my sleep is so important to me. If I don't get it, my next day is going to be all thrown off. And, yeah. and I don't want to feel like that. I'm the same but, exact way. Like yeah, if, I, if I know when I need to wake up, it's like I'm instantly doing the math of like, I have to be in bed. Like if I'm like, I got to be up at five, like I got to be in bed by eight. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's no negotiation. Totally. And then um, I think the last point we can go into is just being patient. Honestly, I think that this can kind of wrap it up towards all the points of like avoiding the extremes, because I think a lot of times people go to the extremes because they are impatient. But I think that what you really don't realize is when you go to those extremes, what's actually causing a lot of people think it's a shortcut, um, but a lot of times it's not the shortcut. So being patient with taking like the long term approach and really cutting any type of a type of a timeline on it on it and just being patient with the process um, is essentially what's going to lead you to fat loss that is maintainable and then also sustainable. So as hard as it is to be patient, um, it's a muscle that needs to be worked. It's a muscle that needs to be grown and it's a skill that needs to be constantly practiced. Uh, so practice it, take your fat loss phase and practice patience and practice trusting the process. And like, I promise that as you take that longer, as you practice patience, like it will, it will pay off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've said this, I've said this a couple of times before, but I think just the faster you lose weight, the more likely you're going to gain it back. For sure. And it's so hard because I know we just want the results now. And that's why we see so many programs out there. They're like, lose 20 pounds in three weeks, you know, whatever it is, like some crazy promise. And we are willing to let ourselves fall for it over and over again. Cause we're just, we just, we just hope, you know, yeah. we hope, we hope someone's got that magic answer that nobody else does, but they don't like it, yeah. it just, it just doesn't exist. And I think we will say like, you know, don't just be patient and don't take the shortcuts. And I, I don't even like saying that because it's not a shortcut. It's yeah. not cause, cause it's not going to get you there. Like the reality is trying to do it this super, super fast way of doing a detox cleanse or, you know, the, the fasting bar protocol, whatever, whatever that is, whatever the program you're, you're buying 
the reality is it's not going to work long-term, you yeah. know? So all you're doing is just delaying that frustration. You're just, you're just keeping it off longer until you have to do it the right way. Like totally. it ult- ultimately it comes back down to this. And I think just, just a rule of thumb, you know, for most people, like one to two pounds a week is realistic. It's, it's pretty achievable. Um, I'd say even like, I, I'd say keep in mind like half, half a pound to two pounds a week. Yeah. It really depends on the individual. And I, I was going to say like two pounds, like that's like if you're doing everything perfect. Well, right? also I'd say two pounds also, like also if you have more weight to lose, like someone sure. like me, if I'm losing two pounds a week, uh, hmm, maybe take that part out. Cause I don't want it to make sound like I'm not this like mega lean person, but for someone who's super lean losing, who's already like 18% body fat, losing two pounds a week. I'd say that's kind of a lot, but for someone who might be, you know, 25, 30, 30 plus percent body fat, who's losing two pounds a week, I think that's pretty uh, doable and somewhat normal depending on the person, obviously. I think uh, in general for yourself, like take like a, you know, anywhere between a 10 to 20% calorie deficit. um, And that's, that's going to be something that will, should be pretty achievable for most people that you can, it'll, you'll be able to do it for long enough to make a significant impact without being crazy hungry. Um, you know, and, and still getting a lot of the nutrients that you need. Like that's, that's a really important piece is if you're cutting your calories as much as you possibly can, like the reality is you're going to, you're just going to feel terrible. You're not going to get the, the basic nutrients you need to be able to have the focus and the energy to do this long enough. And I think people will hear that and they go, come on guys, like one pound a week. That's so, that's so slow, but do the math, right? That's 52 pounds in one year. Yeah. Like imagine that do, do most people are probably like, I don't even need to lose that much. Right. Totally. <laughs> so if you can just, if you can just kind of get over that, get over that hump of like, all right, this might take longer than I think it's going to, I think what you'll see is like, you actually feel freer because you're not putting this immense pressure on yourself to do this in the next 21 days. And you can take an approach that it's going to take a little bit longer, but it's going to be way easier to actually do. It's not going to be going into every day thinking about like willpower, right? Like, all right, I got to stay away from the carbs again today. It's just like, no, 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 no. Just take this one day at a time keep adjusting. You're going to have days where you fall flat on your face. It's okay. You know, we, we all have them get back up, look at it objectively and say, okay, what could I have probably done a little bit different and then adjust. And that's what happens over time. It's not that you find this exact calorie number. You hit that every single day. And after 21 weeks, like you're just, you're just spot on the number you think you're going to No, The reality is like, it's probably going to take longer than even your plan says, because you're just going to have weeks where maybe you travel, maybe you ate a little bit more, maybe you just weren't feeling it. And that's or, okay. honestly, sometimes it happens when you do hit your macros or your nutrition perfectly and things still don't change. And in those cases, yeah. like you really got to trust the process because it sometimes it just takes a second for your body to respond. Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. You just got to give yourself some more time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think just like with that, it's just, just don't be like take the emotion out of it. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. Like this thing is hard. That's the reality. Like fat loss is really? hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it and we wouldn't have an obesity problem. Right. Yeah. 
So, so don't look at it as like, you're this failure who can't figure it out. Most people can't. So take it one day at a time, take it slow and, and just be, just don't be so hard on yourself, you know, yeah. do get a little bit better, make some progress, but, but be patient and, and let yourself kind of work it out as you go through it. Yeah. I like what you said. Just focus on one day at a time. I think so many times people are focused on like, well, what am I going to look like? Or how many pounds am I going to lose by the end of this? It's just like, don't spend too much energy on that. Like just focus on the next best step. Focus on today. What can you do today to help you um, make, you know, focus on that next stair step. So what can you do? What's that next stair step you can take? What's that? What can you do today to help you get one step closer to your goal? Um, and I think a lot of times too, people focus on like, okay, but I want to look good for this trip. And instead of like looking good for this trip in two months, think about the several more trips that you'll have down the road and looking good for those trips. But if you constantly are crash dieting or taking the quick approach to the trip in two months, uh, like it's going to be like that your whole life. But instead, take this trip, be chill that maybe you don't look the way that you want, and then think about years down the road, the several more trips that you're going to be on. If you take this long approach, um, it, essentially, you might look the way that you actually want to and be able to maintain that. But it's going to take... Um, it's going to take, you know, changing some of your beliefs, changing some of your habits, and and essentially again, trusting the process, being patient with the process, and tuning out, tuning out the noise, tuning mm-hmm. tuning out some of the noise. But well, I think that we can kind of just quickly go over those tips one more time, just saying them so people. I think we are so all over the place. Like the next yeah. tip, the next tip. But I think just so everybody can hear, um, the top ten tips we had was one, have a plan. Two, space out your meals. Three, practice and and incorporate things to help manage your hunger. Um, Four, taking a food audit and seeing where you can make easy swaps. Uh, Five, avoid extremes. Six, strength train. Uh, Seven, work on sleep. Eight, manage your stress. Nine, um, walking. And then 10 was be patient. Cool. Awesome. All right. Anything else you want to mention? No, I mean, I think, I think that was a lot, you know, and I think, um, I think it's a lot of really important things. And I think ultimately it just has to go back to focusing on the process. Yeah. Right. And, and, and stop fixating so much on just the scale and what the weight says. Um, those are important feedback points. Like it's important to understand where you are, but focus on the things that we outlined. Like, have you done all these? Have yeah. you done half of these? Have you done any of them? Right. And, and I think if you start, start thinking about it more as like, okay, I'm going to really focus on my sleep or I'm going to really focus on getting more whole foods into my diet and start looking at that as like the victories, right. The, the non-scale victories as we, all the coaches like to say, yeah. um, you know, but that's going to keep you going for long enough. That's going to be the totally. thing that's like, okay, cool. You know what? Every time I eat this balanced plate that they talked about, I feel great. Like I have energy the rest of the day. Maybe I should do that more often. And eventually these are the things that actually end up helping you keep the weight off in the long run, right? Which is going to be way more important than losing it in the first place. So I think the more you focus on, am I doing this process? Is there things I could be working on in this? The more chance that you're going to be successful in the long run. 100%. Awesome. Well, 
appreciate talking to you and I guess having you on, even though this is kind of like on both of ours now, but um, you know, I think for everyone listening, if you guys are enjoying the coach's corner, um, which is what we're calling this for now, that might change, but you know, let us know, let us know what you, what other topics you want to hear. Um, we're pretty open. We're flexible. We're, we're trying to make sure that this hour that we're bringing you is just full of value. Um, and you know, we love to hear your opinion. Yeah. I also, um, created a, little what's it called google form that we will link in our in the notes so if anyone wants to fill that out if you have any questions that you want to ask on the podcast or if you have any topic suggestions you can just fill out that little uh google form that we have linked below um and then yeah we would appreciate your feedback we'd appreciate any topic suggestions that you have so we'll look forward to those awesome all right bye everybody bye